Sea of Stars was my most anticipated RPG of the year, so I'm really excited to talk about it. We're going to go non-spoilers, first impressions, and then we'll get into story stuff. This is the first five hours of Sea of Stars. Welcome to Quest Along, where I'm trying to save you time on some RPG adventures. Sea of Stars is my third game, so I've covered Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Fire Emblem 3 Houses, Just Side Red, and now we're going to Sea of Stars. And let me tell you, this game, right off the bat, is definitely that love letter to Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, all those old school games you remember. And man, is it gorgeous. The pixel art is just beautiful. I've played for exactly five hours right on the dot, which usually never happens on this quest along journey we got going, but I just, I just cannot stop thinking about those pixel graphics. I'm really happy that this game is selling well. I already saw it's at 100,000 copies sold, plus it's on Game Pass and PS Plus, but it's exciting when this old school style game, pixel art goodness, is selling well. But we're not here to talk about sales, we're talking about what's going on in Sea of Stars. I made it to level six. <laughs> which is very low in my I uh, you do not level quickly in this game that's actually kind of a little gripe I have with it we'll get to that later on I have died one time and that was not from a boss it was from an ambush of bug-like enemies that killed me and yeah we'll, we'll talk about that too I think what really shines here is the battle system I really like it does feel if you've played Corona Trigger you do have combination moves so it's fun that each character has differing moves for the other party members. I think that's pretty fun. I love this move. I think it's called Mending Light where you heal and it's very fantastical looking. It is very quick turn-based. And when I mean quick, by going into battles, you see them on the screen and you just jump right into the arena where you're at. So there's no splash screen or anything like that. So it does move the pace along quite quickly which is, you know, that's a good thing. That that can be one of the things about older RPGs. You know, they do drag sometimes, even though sometimes I like the slowness of those games, but I'm excited to jump into something that's a little bit quicker. And I do like that you have to break down enemies by type of attack. So, for instance, Valerie, one of your main characters, does more this hammer icon, so you have to hit that enemy with her type of attack to break it down, and then it'll cancel out one of their moves. And this might be, you know, <laughs> later in the game, you might have four or five icons above this enemy and you just have to you're like can i chip all those away before they attack because they have this little countdown timer next to them when it says they're gonna attack you i like that style because it does feed into strategy of like okay do i want to cancel this enemy's attack or do i want to just go after the other one kill them and then work on that enemy especially when you get three to four enemies attacking you at one time you definitely have to kind of feel it out and see which enemy does the most damage which one you want to get off the board quickly and can i cancel this out so then the next turn i can heal and with the limited amount of times that i have leveled up in this game you do get a choice an extra choice of how you stat build your character so they level up normally but then you have options ranging from like plus two attack plus eight health plus three magic defense one more mana point so you get to add additional points into your build and this is very more Western RPG style of leveling up, which I kind of like that there's a mix of those in this one. Obviously, you have what your characters are supposed to be used for, but you can kind of build them accordingly. And I do love when games give me that little bit of choice there. 
So one thing I will say right off the bat, focusing away from the battle system, is this game does start very slow. And I'm okay with that because I, you know, a lot of games jump you right in and I don't really care about the characters and action that's happening because I don't know the characters. Sea of Stars does a slight little time jump backwards and it helps you feel where these characters are coming from and the world building around it. And I think we really needed that in an RPG especially because you want to know what's happening around the world. They keep it very secret, which I think is a ploy for later down in the storyline. But we have a very Rocky-like montage training stuff that's going on in this game. And I, I really enjoy it. I think this will be a point of contention having a game start off slow, but you want that slow burn in these style of games, I believe. So I think in my five hours, I've only played through two boss fights and, you know, I'm only level six. But maybe that's, again, you just don't level that quickly. But I can see this being slightly a bit of a turnoff, but just know that you're going into an adventure. It doesn't have to be fantastical right away. And I think you will, you'll set the mood right for yourself. For me right now, the standout character is Garl. I just love his optimism and just his way of viewing life and making sure that he's coming along no matter what and he knows his place. And I do love the design of these characters. The main characters, Vale and, or no, not Vale, Zale and Valerie. Really cool, they're striking, you know, the, the blue hair and the blonde hair. And oddly enough, we don't get too much character development for our two main characters. They're more, not like silent protagonists, but they just don't interact as much. They have very little snippets compared to the other characters around them. And it's definitely a choice. I, I think I like it overall. I'll just have to see where it goes from here. Little wrap up thoughts at this point. We're going to go into spoilers soon, but it's not going to be anything dramatic overall because nothing too dramatic happens in this first five hours, but I think that's okay. Like what I said in the opening, this is a kind of love letter to older games, but it does stand apart with its world building and style. And it's definitely a mix of Paper Mario 2 in there too, with time button presses, but also a little bit of the humor there, the, the off-wall character interactions a little bit. It's a little bit more goofy than I thought it would be, but that's okay. I don't need every game to be super serious. There definitely seems to be this uh, veil of a threat out there then we just don't know too much about it yet so i'm sure we'll get there now they did do a look at the villains i think and it does seem kind of theatrical and i'm not sure i'm digging it they're just kind of watching our characters in some way and we'll see if they actually get some development but for right now not really feeling it but that's uh that's a little wrinkle in this really good game so far if you like jrpgs rpgs you like the chrono triggers you like the final phase six you're going to enjoy this game Will it be on that level? I have no idea. It's hard to say it's too early in the game for that right now. But all right, let's uh, dive into a little bit of spoilers. Appreciate you listening. If this is your first time listening, I do have that backlog of Xenoblade 3 and Fire Emblem Three Houses and a bunch of other stuff that my brother and I have done. Would really appreciate you if you shared this with somebody you know that would like Sea of Stars, or just give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Takes a little bit, but I would really appreciate it. On to the spoilers. I do love that we get consequences almost immediately in this game. When we do the look back into the past of our characters, Garl does get his eye taken out. So immediately, it's pretty kind of 
gruesome the way they drew his portrait in that moment too. I mean, he does get it healed right away and it seems to be kind of like, ah, okay, yep, he'll he'll recover. And I knew this because I saw the cover art and the Garl was missing a <laughs> eye for one of the promos. I think it was the Game Informer cover, to be honest, which I think I'm using as the thumbnail for this. And man, was I smiling when Garl showed up right out of the bushes. I thought he was going to join us much later in this game, but I, I like that his theme kicks in and you're like, yes, yes, I was smiling. They're all hugging. And that's one thing, I have been smiling a lot while playing this game, and it's it's a good thing, you know, just enjoying the adventure of the game. I did find the worm boss, or the caterpillar-looking guy inside the cave, to be pretty challenging for our first boss, so I, I enjoyed that little bump in difficulty. I didn't die on him or anything, but it was nice change of pace. And I will, like I said in the top, you get swarmed by enemies in this game, it becomes a little bit more challenging than the actual boss fights. I do expect that to change, but I also don't mind it when the regular mobs can be a threat as well, because then you're just, you're a little bit more cautious when you're going through, I'm not just tapping that attack button over and over again. There's definitely something up with the Headmaster and then our two other Solstice Warriors, and I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, they seem to be on different pages of how we're supposed to be raised and trained. I do love that we're sewing for years and years. I think that's kind of funny. But there's obviously either some tension or, and there's other names dropped about maybe past Solstice Warriors that died from these dwellers that are coming around. And the dwellers seem very end of the world type of thing, but we have not seen them. We've only heard little snippets of them and we're tasked with hunting them down. But I don't know why the there seems to be a divide between the Headmaster and our mentors, and I'm sure that will be explained as we get farther in the game. I don't need all the reveals now. I like that there's just this tiny bit of intrigue of what's going on with the world outside of our little space here. <laughs> Speaking of that, it is always funny. What, these kids have just been on this one little town this entire time, have never ventured past the Forbidden Cave, or never gone anywhere else? It seems always strange opening villages do that, like, oh, I haven't left my little perimeter. I mean, there's people out there in the real world that don't do that, but... It just seems a little, there's so much out there. It's a very fantastical world. Wouldn't you want to go explore it? No, I guess not. Another tease and also another funny moment is when we finally get to the elder who reads people's prophecies, but he, in quotes, reads that Garl may bring it back and it is capitalized or italicized or whatever it is. I'm kind of wondering what he's going to bring back. <laughs> I think it's, you know, he has a good heart, power of friendship getting unlocked, you know, a very RPG, <laughs> JRPG type thing, which I'd be okay with. I like that trope, to be honest. But I do like that when he is given this prophecy, Garl, like, talks to him back in his mind. He's like, this is not supposed to be a conversation. I just, oh, I love Garl. He's great. And the funny part within this, right after this part, is the elder tells you to speak his name and Garl... <laughs> in conversation like kind of recapping says the creature's name and they get the fast travel <laughs> to activate and i thought that was very clever and to focus on that negative that i said earlier that the small snippet of villains we see knowing that they're named like three four they're just kind of this wearing mask it reminds me of xenoblade chronicles 3 and i do not <laughs> like that style of bad guy where they're you know focusing in and watching they know something's gonna happen so why aren't they intervening now versus later? It just bugs me a little bit. So hopefully that will change and hopefully it'll be a cool reveal, something that they have to wait for our characters to do to then initiate their contact with us. But we shall see. 
I assume this ghost ship they keep talking about starts with a B. I can't Vesper something. I assume we're going to go there. We have now a story from the historian la lady Teeks, which uh, she, that part section is cool when you meet her. But <laughs> I, I just assume we're going to go there because it's an RPG. We're talking about it. I bet you we'll get there. I have no idea why we would go there, but it just, they've mentioned it twice now. And I'm like, we're, we're going there for sure. Just like the serpent stuff. We saw the serpent sleeping. We have a story about the serpent now, or at least I collected it. And is that going to play into it? That sleeping dragon is going to destroy the world? Maybe that'll be the final boss. I have no idea. It just looks gentle and sleeping. So leave him alone. So I ended my little play with getting to brisk finding the undead coin the un whatever it's called i defeated that boss that was a super cool transformation and look of the boss i love the background and everything so that was that was a lot of fun so i stopped as i have the coin i'm going to give it to the pirates and i'm sure things are going to go wrong because we don't trust these goofy little pirates now do we so that's the end of the spoiler section because again there's not much to talk about at this moment but i'm okay a little wrap-up thoughts that I did not talk about in the intro. You get to this port town, and it is beautiful. You get to jump around, climb around it. I really liked exploring it. That made me feel really nostalgia for older games. Finding the treasure chests all hidden around the town, really good. They also have this mini game called Wheels, and oh man. <laughs> I don't know how to really describe this. It's roulette with upgrading statues to attack your opponent's fort, basically, or vault. And already seeing the addiction start and <laughs> i stopped at that five hour mark and i was like oh i can collect you can tr fight against these champions and then get new figurines that uh, do different things on the board and oh boy oh boy i see this uh see myself getting a little time sink into this but we'll see how i'm feeling i should just progress through the story but i might do that a little bit the OST is making me smile all the time when I'm running around. The locations are varied and different, and I really like the dungeon design so far. It's kind of a mix of wild arms for me, which you use these gadgets to kind of move around, at least one of the ones I went to later on, and I'm, I'm feeling it. I really like the cadence of them. They're not overly big, but there's enough going on that you have to navigate through that, man, I'm, I'm really liking the dungeon design. And normally, I don't think that's something I generally talk about when I cover any RPG news and stuff like that, but I'm enjoying the dungeons, and well, let's hope that continues. As of right now, five hours in, I'm enjoying my time with Sea of Stars. It's not revolutionary like I thought it would be, but I don't need it to be at the same time. But I thank you for giving me your time, and we'll see you on the next one. Sea of Stars, Quest Along, Part 2. I'm hoping for that one to be a little bit more meatier with the hours put into it. So I'm thinking 15, 20 hours. We'll see how we're feeling. You have yourself a wonderful, wonderful week, year, life.